Hello, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. I'm your host, Amy Souter, one of the editors at the Packer and Produce Market Guide, or PMG for short, two trade publications in the fresh produce industry. We did something a little different in this episode. The Packers editor, Tom Karst, and I wanted to introduce you to two new editors on staff, Melissa Traiolo and Ed Bowling who you may be dealing with as we cover news and features across all platforms. Then we wanted to share our excitement about the coming Global Organic Produce Expo in South Florida. We call it GOPEX. And finally, I delve into some top retail news about the products and people shortages we're hearing about nationwide. Now let's hear this discussion, which is somewhat like eavesdropping on our water cooler chat. Hey, this is Amy Souter the retail editor of the Packer and editor of PMG. And we have a different episode today. We are talking with different staff members. I want to first for each of you to introduce yourselves. Thanks, Amy. You know, as uh, editor, I've get, I got to onboard our two staff members and uh, they're in full swing now. It's great to have them aboard and they're really helping us out in a big way. So. Melissa and Ed, uh, why don't you take turns um, talking about yourself? Melissa is our content coordinator and copy editor, and Ed Bowling is our West Coast editor. So I don't know what question I should spring on you, <laughs> Melissa, but, the, but you come from a, a, a journalism background and you've had quite a few years of uh, editing experience as well. What, what's a little bit about you right now? Yeah, um, well, I formerly worked at uh, the Lawrence Journal World, so and that's in Lawrence, Kansas, for those who may not know. Um, and I also worked for their their group of papers, so I worked on the weekly side for about eight years, just mm-hmm. copy editing. Right, I started out as a reporter, actually, um, at editing, and uh, you know, on a weekly paper, you do everything pretty much. So photos and designing and all of it. Um, And then after kind of moving around to the different weekly papers, I moved to the Lawrence Journal World Night Copy Desk, where I worked very late nights, (laughs) as the name implies. Mm -hmm. And um, I worked mainly in sports, actually, just uh, copy editing and designing a sports section every single night that I worked. So yeah, kind of kind of got a lot of good experience that I think all has really helped me and will help me in this new role of mine. What What's your favorite section? To maybe uh, read? Here at the Packer? No, and in, in general newspapers. Oh, in general? I mean, I, well, for design, I love sports. I'm not very sporty, but became a bit more <laughs> interested in it in that position but there's photos are so fun and there's always a lot of action and a lot of opportunities for fun cutouts and I love it I love the creative side that that um, entails but probably like in other areas I've always gravitated more toward like featurey type lifestyle sort of um, articles and things that I those are the things I've enjoyed the most I actually did a lot of education reporting Hmm. though and um, I had to do a lot of just general reporting, crime, pretty much everything. Could you tell us about what, as we're introducing you to the industry, how would you describe what you're doing for Farm Journal, the Packer, PMG? Yeah, so uh, so far, I mean, I've been here three, 
four, three weeks. Time is going by fast. Wow. Okay. So far, I've just been mainly, you know, learning the ropes, copy editing, obviously, kind of getting us organized on the back end more um, with the content coordinating and, you know, just trying to learn all I can to do this job successfully and kind of help all my coworkers as well. I'm sure that your role will uh, evolve as time goes on and as you find things that you like or that you're especially good at. Um, I'm noticing that's been happening with me, which is fun. Um, I love it when a company notices something you're passionate about and and gives you freedom to do that more. Like, um, so... You know, Amy, I was just, I got an email today about someone that's, uh, I think you wrote last year, who to follow on social media. You remember that story? Yeah. <laughs> we, I got a, a request today from someone. I don't, I won't identify the person, but just to say, hey, think about us if you write a story like that again. So one, one area that you've really drawn a lot of uh, nice attention is your social media coverage and uh, noticing what other you know, industry folks are saying, and I think people are like vying to get on your list of the nice must follows. So that's that's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, if anyone says, "Oh, you're on social media too much," it can be like it's my job. <laughs> that's yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so Ed, uh, Ed what is too of... much really anyway? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Twitter and the Dredge Report are my. Time, time wasters. Ed, tell me, tell us about your background because you come from both a produce background and a journalism background, and the kind of a, a, a little mixture of both. So, uh, and 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 Ed, with the, where you're living as well, kind of describe where you're at in the world. Yeah, I. Uh, what's interesting is I, I backed into the produce industry, and then. Um, back into the journalism industry, even though I majored in English in college. So I guess that isn't so much backing in. But uh, I, I began my career um, ripening peaches for, for, for about 10 years oh. for several different companies in the San Joaquin Valley, uh, just south of Fresno. I live in Fresno right now. And uh, the way that it looks, you know, if you look at it from an aerial viewpoint, where I live in downtown Fresno, there's a triangle of freeways, and I can take any one of those freeways to get across the state fairly quickly. Um, but yeah, we don't think anything of driving to LA or driving to San Francisco for the weekend, for the day sometimes for a sporting event. I'm an A's fan, and I'll say Raiders fan quietly because. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. There, there's plenty of Kansas fans at, at the Packer home uh, home field. So yeah, and then I uh, I was working long weeks and long weekends in the industry, and decided I wanted to get some of my time back, and that's when I went to work for a local newspaper. And just like Melissa, wore lots of hats. I was a writer, an editor, photographer, layout all of those things. And uh, of course, simultaneously, I was teaching part-time at the, at the California Community College um, circuit, as they say. So eventually, I came back to produce and married my produce experience and my journalistic experience and uh, worked for a trade publication for a while, got into, and uh, moved into sales. 
actually for a while, sold ag tech, sold advertising. And uh, this opportunity came up and just felt like a great fit. Very good. Yeah, we're uh, we're lucky to have your experience in, in the industry. And I'm sure it, it benefits you to know people already coming into a, the packer. A lot of people do not have a background in, in agriculture or produce, obviously. So, but yeah, that's very good. Well, and, for sure. You know, what's I've been away from the produce industry for maybe five years. So it's been really fun to, you know, see some old friends, so to speak, or old contacts in the industry and get reacquainted with people. That's That's been a fun part of the job so far, and I look forward to it. Um, going to events, some of our events, and uh, and other produce shows as well. Yeah, so with uh, with you that it completes, uh, we have editorial on West Coast, I'm in New York on the East Coast, we have uh, Tom and Melissa in the center, so now now we are ready for domination, uh, more domination than we already have. Right. <laughs> right. And we got Brooke too. Don't forget about Brooke. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. And been doing it for a while. What are you looking forward to covering in the future? How all the natural disasters affect this is, agriculture? This is life. Yeah. This is life in California. Drought and uh, wildfires has been, uh, has created bad air in the San Joaquin Valley. But, uh, yeah, the water the water issues are huge um, in uh, in California for sure on the west as well. And as a result of that, you have seen a lot of wildfires over the last few years. And growers, you know, growers and shippers have had to be very inventive and efficient at using their water. So. And it's a better year though for water out there. I when I was flying into LA. It's nice to see some mountains with snow on them, but uh, I know yeah. it's not going to be solved in a month or whatever, but uh, no, no. Yeah. I heard somebody say um, they received six inches in the last week of December on their, on their farms where they usually get one to two inches. Hmm. So there's just one. So there's one um, marker. Yeah, that's right. Okay. That's right. So speaking of events, we have a big one coming up. Uh, Global Organic Produce Expo, GOPEX. It's um, Monday the 31st to, I guess it would be Wednesday the 2nd or so. Yeah. So for all the people attending, exhibiting, speaking, participating in any way, it uh, might not um, go into your weekend too much. Yeah, we have this big show coming up and it seems like a good time to be focused on organics. As all we've been hearing in the news is organics, 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 right? Doing well, doing well, doing well. <laughs> um, what uh, I think Tom and I are going to be attending and as well as other parts of our company, um, other members, but for editorial coverage, uh, that's the plan. And, um, and it's uh, in Hollywood, Florida, or very near my old stomping grounds where I grew up in yeah. South Florida, where it's always warm. And the hotel looks, it's a giant guitar. I know, it's so cool. <laughs> Although um, I was, as you know, we were arranging accommodations and things. It looks like there's three separate buildings for this. And you can like choose to stay in the, the guitar part, but then there's other parts which are like more normal. It's Did quite you stay, choose to stay in the guitar part? <laughs> I guess if you're willing to pay for it or your company oh, is willing okay. to. 
uh, I can assure you that I will at least be taking pictures of myself in front of the guitar. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Tom and I will be reporting live with a guitar in our background. Yeah. <laughs> uh, over the shoulder or something. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of interesting sessions that I'm excited to hear about. We've got some merchandise. We've got to focus on merchandising in, in one of the sessions, which I think will be really good. Uh, some some folks that are very accomplished in that area talking about organic produce merchandising. So that's very fun. Uh, so we've got a, a session on nutrition. We've got a session on tools for organic agriculture and um, you farming. Know, farming, right? So. Yeah. So farming, merchandising, data and tech, marketing. All the, basically every aspect that you would need to know about organics, um, as I'm sure people are considering, you know, buying or, or growing or selling more organics or in different ways, um, that'll be pretty fascinating to find out. And I'd been asking some people like how they merchandise and um, organics, and some of them were saying they, you know, there's two trains of thought, like keeping an entire organics department separate or doing it side by side with its conventional counterpart. Um, and one, one produce director of a retailer in Manhattan was telling me that he thinks it should be in all of the organics in one separate uh, part of the supermarket because um, you don't want mm. cross-contamination. Anything that could be on uh, conventional, if it's touching the organic, is it still organic? Mm, that's um, interesting. That's one, one thought. But uh, yeah, I'm, we're going to get really much, much deeper than that in, in all these sessions. But, uh, you know, Amy, when you're talking about the, uh, the supermarkets and so much news now, we're hearing about the mm-hmm. bare shelves. So I, want, I know you've been doing some reporting on that here just today and, and yesterday. Uh, what are some of the things that you've heard? I know we've had some feelers out on social media about that, too. But uh, the things you found out? Yeah, we're hearing all over about different different reports of shortages of fresh produce or shortages of labor working at supermarkets, including produce departments. And um, some, like when we did polls on social media across several of our brands and several social media platforms, uh, we got a lot of answers of number one, packaged salads, not just because of the other reasons, but also the recalls that have been happening a little bit more frequently and then blueberries and just random other types of produce we're hearing about and most haven't been saying like we see some pictures on like like usa today or other uh you know uh, consumer media about completely barren <laughs> shelves and i don't i don't necessarily think that's what we're seeing across the board or frequently yeah. but just spotty but i'm the impression i'm getting is like little like more holes than normal Whereas it used to just be almost all completely full and all like completely almost perfect. That's what we're hearing on social media. And several different retailers talked to me about they are experiencing staffing shortages due to calling in because of COVID infection or COVID exposure. And then there's the whole reaction to vaccine mandates and whether some people, all of this related to COVID is a big, huge factor. Um, And then of course, supply chain, that's just the name of the game. Um, it's a blanket statement kind of these days, but, um, you know, there's, I did hear, we heard from Shay Myers, who's always good at, at explaining things in concise Uh nuggets about, um, 
the holidays and winter storms happening. And, um, and then also the trucking shortages with truckers uh, being on holiday break <laughs> and, um, or, you know, sick or infected or exposed or whatever COVID related thing. Um, and that just kind of did like a seven day delay and backlog of produce. And if some stuff uh, had to sit for a little bit longer, that's why some of the produce is a little bit less fresh looking than it normally is. And he expects it to go for a couple more weeks and then probably even out and get better. And then a couple other like giant, I talked to Stop and Shop, the giant company, Tops Friendly Markets. Um, and they were all pretty much saying like they're experiencing trouble with staffing and they're working on it and keeping health a priority and, and making plans ahead of time for this kind of stuff. I mean, you know, a lot of this stuff isn't new, right? We've been dealing with this for like two years. So I think that we're um, retailers are getting better and all the all along the supply chain, we're, even though it's a struggle, we're getting a little, we've, we've uh, troubleshooted this kind of thing a lot in the last two years. So um, and I, yeah. from a retailer's perspective, I have to imagine that it's, you know, you're dealing with shortages of workers and supply supply chain shortages, and it, it makes it an extra challenge. And I'm sure this has come up in other stories, maybe not in this recent one, but just the challenge of dealing with your customers and your consumer and their mm. frustrations. Sure. And I feel like it, it must be fueling the, the digital move for online shopping. There's, there's no question that that exploded in 2020. And yeah. these other issues seem to be sort of keeping that climb going. Yeah. Yeah. One uh, giant even said that they, um, they're, continually working on hiring people, especially for their e-commerce. So um, they they wanted to mention that. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, right. Yeah, the, I guess if you, if you can't get people to work in your, whatever element of the supply chain, it's gonna hold things up, whether the DC or the store or the packing house, it's all, it's all connected, so yeah. It's, yeah, so. Yeah. Now we're all just waiting for when Omicron will peak and, and start to go down and then we can deal with all the other issues better. <laughs> I, think, I think that's 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 the way we like to see it. I think it might be peaking too. Yeah. Let's hope sooner rather than later. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, then we can feel like we did a few months ago when it was more chill. Anyway, I, I've got to say, though, also that we're very glad to have both you and Melissa and, and you, Ed, um, to our staff. I didn't mention this before. Welcome. Thank you. And yeah, I really appreciate the team that um, that has been put together, um, you three involved, and it makes it challenging lear learning new systems together, um, but it also bonds the team a little bit I think so I I really do appreciate that yeah and yeah I think we are very connected and that's good in a good way so it's it's great to have that communication and we're not in the office obviously and we wouldn't be all together anyway but uh I think uh, I think we're uh we're really building something here so it's it's great so again thank yeah welcome you guys Melissa and Ed and uh 
On the GOPEX, I will say I was a little intrigued by one of the first, I have the schedule up, Mm -hmm. but when I was editing a story about this, the what's next for grocery and the shopping experience, I was intrigued by because I definitely have jumped on the online delivery order, grocery delivery Mm. order bandwagon during this. I never go shopping for groceries anymore. I always get them delivered now. And so I just wonder if they would touch on any new things that might be on the horizon in regard to that kind of thing or any oh, new wow. apps or... You like you like the Instacart or how do you do yours? I do. <laughs> <laughs> Instacart, like, oh, yeah, I love it. This is what everyone's doing. I like to just pay and tip someone else to do it for me. You could call it using your time wisely. I, yeah, actually, you're, that's a very good way of putting it. You have a limited but amount also, of time. It's fun. I like just going on the app and like clicking through the option. I'm a big online shopper anyway. So yeah, it's just always on a bit of It magically appears in your front door. It's pretty nice. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. <laughs> well, and I, I have to say that um, I am from the 80s. So I saw that the opening night there They've got an eight oh, yeah. cover band, so yeah, at the Hard Rock. So I'm I'm a little bummed I'm missing that. Maybe you guys can live uh, live stream live from it. Stream. Live stream it. Yeah, they are called Flashback Heart Attack. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I might I might be dancing, <laughs> but I will not record that. <laughs> I, I might though. Uh, I would like to see some Tom dance moves. <laughs> I mean, I'd say I record Amy doing dance moves. Not, not like uh, uh, oh my are you gosh. glad right. most, most of our youth was, was before smartphones? Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's right. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, and, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Hey, everyone. That wraps it up for us today. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear on this Tip of the Iceberg podcast, please take a moment to hit that subscribe button, rate us, and type out a quick review on whatever platform you use to listen to Tip of the Iceberg. And enjoy our earlier episodes. In our last two, we talked to Dan O'Connell, Food Mix Marketing Communications CEO, on his company's food industry predictions for 2022. And the week before, Elad Mardix of Clarifruit on a Dole partnership for the world's first AI quality control software. We'll have more of those great conversations from the industry each week. Thanks so much for your support. I hope you learned something useful and inspirational and have a wonderful week.